Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Week 6 Waiver Wire Show. I'm Dylan Bird here on the Sports Bird Podcast, and we have some Tuesday night football tonight. The Titans will be taking on the Bills. Due to the COVID things that have happened, there's Tuesday night football and your waiver wire, depending on what platform you are on, likely does not open up until Wednesday, tomorrow morning. So we have our waiver wire show today, which it's usually on Tuesdays, but this will buy you a little bit more time, given the fact that the waiver wire likely does not open up till Wednesday. It was a great week in the NFL. Not a ton of injuries, although we did have one really, really bad one with Dak Prescott. And not a ton to talk about on the waiver wire, but like normal, we will still go through all 32 teams. You know, we'll have the quad box, Scott Hansen style, with each team in each division. We will go through all those, talking about injuries and talking about potential waiver wire pickups on each team in the NFL. Now, before we get started, just want to remind you to like this video and subscribe to this channel if you haven't already. If you are new to this channel, I do a waiver wire show every single Tuesday. I do my college football betting picks every single Friday. And also on Friday, I have an NFL player prop show over on Sal Vetri's channel. So be sure to subscribe to his channel as well if you aren't already. So looking at the AFC East, we start with my favorite team, the New York Jets, and a team that is doing absolutely horrible once again, moved to 0-5 over the weekend after they got killed another week against the Arizona Cardinals, 30-10. So I'm going to keep this same graphic up pretty much that I have for the Jets for the rest of the season. You have Rashad Perriman, not sure if anyone even owns him anymore, but decided to keep it up there. Ankle injury, missed week five. And then you had running back Le'Veon Bell, who returned, played 70.3% of the snaps, but only had 13 carries for 60 yards and only had one target in the receiving game, which doesn't seem to make any sense to me. The only explanation is Adam Gase had one reception on that one target for only seven yards. And Frank Gore, who's 37 years old, had nine carries. So my advice to you on the New York Jets is they're 0-5. They've scored less than 20 points in four out of their five games. And the one game that they did score over 20 points, it was because of their defense mostly. So don't touch this team until proven otherwise, unless you have Jameson Crowder. I would not put Le'Veon Bill back in your lineup, even if he remains healthy, if he's still on this Jets team. There was a report shortly before this that said that the Jets are trying to trade Le'Veon Bell. Whether that's true, I don't know. But I would not put Le'Veon Bell in your lineup until he's off this team. Uh, The only playable player really is Jamison Crowder. Now moving on to the Miami Dolphins. A guy who I've been talking about for weeks now is Mike Gesicki, the tight end. He had a bounce back game after two straight one catch performances. He had five receptions for 91 yards on six targets, which was a 22.2% share, which led the team um, he's still available in around a third of leagues, so be sure to pick up Mike Kosicki if he's still available in your league and you need a tight end. Now, another guy who had his best regular season game is wide receiver Preston Williams. He had four receptions, 106 yards, and a touchdown, but don't put too much stock into this. He only had five targets, and he hasn't surpassed two catches in a single game before this, so I don't really expect Preston Williams to all of a sudden just start producing. It was just an outlier game where their offense went completely nuts and they destroyed the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, And then looking at the running back snap share, which has been an area of interest for the Miami Dolphins, we have Miles Gaskin, who once again receives the majority of the snap share at 59.7%. And Matt Breida, who receives 33.9% of the snaps. Jordan Howard did not even see a single touch in this game. I don't even think he played a single snap. So good for the people who fear the TD vulture. Jordan Howard did not play in this game. Now, if they got to the one-yard line at one point, maybe he would enter. I don't really know. But 
Miles Gaskin is still the guy. Now, if you're into picking up a defense for next week, the Miami Dolphins, due to a schedule change, do play the New York Jets next week, so they will be a popular defense pickup. If their defense destroyed the 49ers, their defense can certainly destroy the Adam Gase-run New York Jets. Now, moving on to the New England Patriots, their game was moved to next Sunday. Cam Newton still has COVID. He's still on the list. We, I will let you know if he is off that list by the time of next week. And then moving to the Buffalo Bills, they have their game tonight against the Titans, so I'm not going to talk about the Bills or the Patriots. Now moving on to the AFC North, we start with the Baltimore Ravens, who even though this division is stacked, I still think the Ravens are the best team in the division, undoubtedly. They destroyed the Cincinnati Bengals this weekend, and the only point of interest on the waiver wire for the Baltimore Ravens so far this year has really been the running back situation. Once again, Gus Edwards received the highest snap share out of the three running backs with 38.7%. He had seven carries for 25 yards rushing in the game. Then you had Mark Ingram coming in with 30.6%, 11 carries, 57 yards rushing. And then you had J.K. Dobbins at 29% for only one carry for 34 yards, three catches for 21 yards receiving on three targets. Now, I mentioned this last week, do not give up on J.K. Dobbins. Do not drop him because I ultimately trust him to be the guy once the end of the year hits. Now, Dobbins, every single time he got he has gotten a touch, he's been extremely efficient with it. Like you see in this game, he did have 34 yards the one time he got the carry. So I trust J.K. Dobbins long-term, obviously not short-term. You're going to keep him on your bench, but keep him stashed on that bench and do not drop him. Otherwise, you're going to regret it a lot later in the season. Moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals. Unfortunately, A.J. Green left the game with a hamstring injury. He hasn't been able to stay healthy the last few years, and it seems like that trend has continued into this year. Now, looking at the other wide receiver, the rookie T. Higgins, he had four catches for 62 yards receiving on eight targets, and he led all wide receivers in targets this game and is still available in over half of, half of leagues. So be sure to pick up T. Higgins. He's definitely one of the guys that I've mentioned for a few weeks now that I think that if you're in a deeper league especially, T. Higgins is going to continue to be useful, especially if A.J. Green is out. Moving on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, you have Deontay Johnson who left the game with a back injury in the first half and as a result, wide receiver Chase Claypool, another rookie, stepped up big time. Seven catches, 110 yards, and three touchdowns receiving in this game on 11 targets, which was 32.4% of the target share. And then he also had three carries for six yards and a touchdown rushing. So four total touchdowns for Chase Claypool. I also want to give Claypool credit for having the tweet of the week as he tweeted a picture of the Tom Brady holding up the four for forgetting what down it was. And he photoshopped his face on it. So it was him holding up four for four touchdowns. You can see the tweet here in this video. I, I love memes. I got to give credit where I see it. This was Unreal by Chase Claypool. Unreal game. Unreal Twitter game as well. And Chase Claypool, as a result, is my number one wide receiver waiver pickup this week. Now, moving on to the Cleveland Browns, we have Nick Chubb, who missed the game with a knee injury. He's out at least another five more weeks on IR. But looking at the running back snap share, you have Kareem Hunt with 69.4% of the snaps, 20 carries for 72 yards rushing, three for 21 and a touchdown on four targets receiving. And then you have Dearness Johnson, who was a top waiver pickup of last week, get, gets only 30.6% of the snap share and goes for eight for 32 rushing, one for four receiving on one target. I think it's going to be a week-to-week thing with Dearness Johnson. I think some weeks he will do well while Chubb is out. Some weeks he just won't get that much percent of the snaps. I don't really know how to look at this going forward. He looked great against Dallas this week. Didn't look as good this week against the Colts. We'll see what happens next week. 
Now, moving on to the AFC South, a division where there's not a ton to talk about. We had the Jacksonville Jaguars, where Tyler Eifert left the game with a neck injury. I don't think Tyler Eifert is owned by too many people unless you're playing in some kind of 20-man league, so not a huge deal in terms of fantasy there. But like I have been saying and will continue to say, wide receiver LaVisca Chenault will be the number two wide receiver on this team by year's end, if he isn't already. Seven catches for 79 yards receiving on eight targets, which was a 16.3% share this week. Pick up LaVisca if he's still available in your league. Now going to the Indianapolis Colts, we have two guys that I hyped up as players that would take the spots of Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman in terms of target share, and that is wide receiver Zach Pascal, who disappointed and only had two receptions for 15 yards on two targets, and then tight end Mo Ali Cox did not have a single catch in this game on only one target, but a major reason for this is that Trey Burden had five catches for 33 yards on six targets, which was 18.2% of the target share, second most on the team. Look, with Trey Burden back, Mo Ali Cox's production may drop, so I'm not huge on Ali Cox going forward. Honestly, last week when I spoke about this, I did not foresee Burden coming back and playing a big of, as big of a role as he did, so I feel like Burden could kind of take a lot of the snaps and routes and target share away from Mo Ali, Co- Mo Ali Cox going forward. And in terms of Zach Pascal, I'm almost ready to give up on him. I don't think that he's going to produce that much. I think we would have seen it already through two to three weeks that he's had these res- other receivers out. So not big on the Indianapolis Colts on the waiver wire going forward. Moving on to the Tennessee Titans, they have their game against the Bills tonight, so I'm not going to talk about them. And then moving on to the Houston Texans in their first game without head coach Bill O'Brien. Brandon Cooks went off, 8 catches, 161 yards, and 1 touchdown on a team-leading 12 targets. He's still available in nearly 40% of leagues due to his slow start where he pretty much did nothing. He had 0 catches in Week 4 and then all of a sudden does this in Week 5. Now, it's interesting because Pro Football Focus had him graded as pretty high in terms of wide receivers. I believe he was in the top 20 or top 25. I don't think it's time to give up on Brandon Cooks yet this year, especially after a performance like this where he, where Bill O'Brien is gone, the offense looks rejuvenated, And I think that Cooks could provide fantasy value going forward, but we also have to keep in mind that this was against the Jacksonville Jaguars, so do not put too much stock into it. There are still other receivers that I would prefer to Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks does not really excite me, especially because Will Fuller is the number one option on this team. I think that is pretty much proven already, but we'll have to see what happens with Cook going forward. I wouldn't be opposed to grabbing him and stashing him on your bench if you do have an open spot but I'd probably look towards the upside of some other receivers rather than having, rather than adding Brandon Cooks. Moving on to the AFC West, nothing to report for the Kansas City Chiefs. I completely jinxed them last week when I said they may not lose a game as they went down to the Las Vegas Raiders. Congrats to the Raiders for taking down the mammoth that is Kansas City. Moving on to the Chargers, we have wide receiver Keenan Allen who left the game with a back injury that completely screwed me in a DraftKings lineup that I had. I was playing in a showdown last night and I had Keenan Allen in that captain spot with the 1.5 multiplier. He had six, he had over 16 points pretty much after the first five minutes of the game with the touchdown he caught. It looked like he was going to have an absolutely huge night and then he gets hurt. That's just unfortunate for me in showdown as well as anyone who had him in the captain spot or anybody who owned him in season-long leagues or anybody who just owned him in DFS in general. In terms of the running back situation, in Los Angeles we have Austin Eckler who will remain on IR with that hamstring injury and looking at the week five snap share, which we didn't really know what we were going to see, we have Justin Jackson who picks up the majority of the snaps over Josh Kelly at 59%. He had 15 carries for 71 yards rushing. Then he had five receptions for 23 yards on six targets. 
I'd pick up Justin Jackson if he's still available. I know that he's going to go fast. I definitely consider picking him up. He is one of my top running back pickups for this week. Josh Kelly only had 35% of the snaps, 11 for 29 rushing, 1 for 9 receiving. He has definitely fallen out of favor with the Chargers due to the fact that he fumbled in the two games prior to this. So I'm not that surprised that Justin Jackson took a majority of the snap share here. Another guy worth mentioning for the Chargers is wide receiver Mike Williams. Mike Williams had five receptions for 109 yards and two touchdowns on Monday night against the Saints. His eight targets was tied for a team lead and a 25% target share. However, Mike Williams hasn't really done much of anything this season at all, so I would only consider picking him up if Keenan Allen seems like he cannot go next week. If Keenan Allen is there next week, then Mike Williams is going to fade back to what he was, and Keenan Allen is going to continue to take most of the targets in LA. And also, quarterback Justin Herbert has become fantasy relevant. 264 passing yards last night, four touchdowns, so... Big week for him, and he continues to have these lights-out performances, and I think that he is slowly becoming fantasy-relevant, if not relevant already. Moving on to the Vegas Raiders, we have Henry Ruggs, who returned from his injury and had a pretty big week. Two receptions, 118 yards, and a touchdown on only three targets, but the fact that he was able to pull 118 yards and a touchdown from just three targets is impressive. Ruggs is going to continue to be a big play player. If you need a home run, Henry Ruggs could be one that could hit it for you. Another thing I want to point out is Hunter Renfro with Ruggs back only had one target, one catch for 42 yards, and I said this once Ruggs came back, Renfro was not going to be as fantasy relevant, and that seemed to be the case this week, even with the Raiders dropping 40 on KC. For the Denver Broncos, their game against the New England Patriots got postponed to week six, so I'm not going to talk about them. And that does it for the AFC, but now let's move on to the NFC. In the NFC East, we have a ton to talk about. First, with the Dallas Cowboys, we have Dak Prescott, who went down with a season-ending ankle injury. That injury was absolutely brutal to watch. I even feel awkward talking about this in terms of fantasy purposes, because when you see a guy go down like that, it's just... It, it was painful to see him get carted off the field in tears. Just horrible to see, especially with the season he was having. Absolutely great guy as well. I wish the best to Dak going forward, and prayers are with him. Hope he makes a full recovery and great recovery in time for next season. Quarterback Andy Dalton will replace him for the rest of the season. It turns out that the signing of Andy Dalton by the Cowboys really did pay off. Dalton will definitely be the best backup quarterback in the league. And while it is a huge drop-off for for that. For Dallas wide receivers going from Dak to Dalton, you know, in terms of fantasy production here, Dalton is still a decent, decent quarterback, and I still do expect these Dallas receivers to produce a lot, especially if the defense is that bad. Dalton is going to still have to throw a ton like Dak did. While Dalton may not be as good, these receivers are still going to produce without a doubt. Now moving on to the New York Giants, the only point of interest has been the running back snap share, and in week 5 we had Devonta Freeman who was getting 53.2% of the snaps, 17 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown on the ground, and then he had 2 catches, 27 yards on 3 targets as well. Now I know this was the Dallas defense, but this was definitely encouraging to see for Freeman who actually looked really, really good if you did watch the game. Freeman is still available in almost 40% of leagues, so if he's not owned in your league for whatever reason, you should pick him up because he could be an option going forward. Looking at other guys in the backfield for the Giants, we had Deion Lewis who gets 29% of the snap share, and then Wayne Gallman who got 19.4%. So Freeman is the guy going forward. They did sign him for a reason. He will be an option, and if he is still available, you need to add him. Going to the Washington football team, we had Kyle Allen, the quarterback, 
who left the game with a head injury, and he was replaced by Alex Smith, which was amazing to see Alex Smith get back on the field after the brutal leg injury that he had two years ago. I did want to point out about the running back snapshot. You had Antonio Gibson getting 55.8% of the snaps, 11 carries for 27 rushing, and then 5 for 24 receiving on 5 targets. Now J.D. McKissick got 50% of the snap share, 1 for 3 rushing, and then 6 catches for 46 yards receiving on 8 targets, which led the team. Now I think a major reason for McKissick's usage usage here is because Alex Smith was throwing a lot of check down passes. The team was getting killed. They needed to throw a lot. Also, Smith was sacked 6 times in this game, so I think he was just trying to get the ball out quick, and McKissick, being the natural check down option, was a guy who caught a ton of passes in this game. Moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles, we still had Dallas Goddard, Deshaun Jackson, and Jalen Rieger all out, along with Alshon Jeffrey, who I didn't even write here, but Alshon Jeffrey has been out so far every game this year. But this there's really not a lot of options for Philly to throw the ball to, and as a result, wide receiver Travis Fulgham had a breakout game. He had 10 catches for 152 yards and a touchdown on 13 targets, which was a 37.1% target share, obviously led the team. And he is available in almost 100% of leagues. And he's my number two wide receiver pickup this week behind Chase Claypool. Once these receivers and tight ends start to come back, I foresee Fulgham's usage going way, way down, obviously. Whereas Claypool, I feel like, could have a natural role in the offense moving forward the entire season, even if Deontay Johnson does come back next week, which is why I have Fulgham ranked below Chase Claypool. Another option on the Eagles is Greg Ward, who I mentioned last week. He did have a solid week, four catches for 26 yards and a touchdown on five targets. Still a good option, even with the emergence of Fulgham. Now going to the NFC North, we have the Packers and Lions, who both did not play this week due to a bye. So only two teams to talk about here, the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. In terms of the Bears, the only guy I want to mention here is Jimmy Graham, who had another solid week. 3 for 33 and a touchdown on 5 targets, which was 11.9% of the target share. Jimmy Graham remains an option if you do need a tight end. I didn't think I would ever say that again, but it is true. Nick Foles loves him. Chicago loves him. And he is playing extremely well this year so far. Now moving to the Minnesota Vikings, we have running back Dalvin Cook, who left the game with an adductor strain and is expected to miss week six with that injury. And as a result, Alexander Madison will take over. Madison in this game had 20 carries for 112 yards rushing and then had three for 24 receiving on three targets. He is my number one overall waiver wire pick of this week, assuming Cook does miss this game against the Falcons. So Falcons have, an hor- Falcons have a horrible defense. I expect Madison to be a top 10 running back next week. He's going to be absolutely huge while Cook is out. Now, we don't know if Cook is going to miss multiple weeks. If he misses multiple weeks, then Madison just becomes even more valuable. Now, another guy I want to highlight here quickly is Justin Jefferson, who had three catches for 23 yards on five targets. He plays Atlanta next week as well. He was one of my top waiver pickups of last week. If he's somehow still available in your league, you need to pick him up and possibly even play him next week because any receiver that is playing the Atlanta Falcons is absolutely killing it, and Justin Jefferson may continue that trend. Jefferson going into this week was actually the highest graded pro football focus receiver so far this year. So Jefferson is legit. He is He's a rookie, but he's playing like he's beyond his years. And Jefferson is going to continue to produce. I really like him next week as a play against the weak Atlanta Falcons. Moving on to the NFC South, we had the Tampa Bay Bucks, who were kind of riddled with injuries this week once again. Chris Godwin missed the game with a hamstring injury. O.J. Howard, who tore his Achilles last week, was obviously out. And then running back Leonard Fournette was active with an ankle injury, but didn't end up stepping on the field. 
So as a result, three guys who received an increase in target share, we had tight end Rob Gronkowski, who had three catches for 52 yards on six targets, Cameron Brait, another tight end who had five catches for 44 yards receiving on six targets. And then we had wide receiver Tyler Johnson, who had five catches for 61 yards receiving on six targets and played 81% of the snaps. Two things that are really interesting here. I think Cameron Braid, his value is just going to continue to go up as the season goes on without OJ Howard. I don't think the Bucks are using Gronk that much. It also does not look like that Gronk has what he used to in terms of his athletic ability, and it just looks like he's not moving well. So I think Brate's role in the offense is going to go up tremendously. And then Tyler Johnson, him playing 81% of the snaps is eye-opening. Scotty Miller, a guy who I've mentioned multiple times the past few weeks, he had zero targets in this game. So I think Tyler Johnson's emergence may be the end of Scotty Miller. Johnson is a rookie. He was really, really good player at Minnesota, and I think that Tyler Johnson could end up being that number three wide receiver on this team. Now, with this Buck situation, these guys are just guys I would monitor going forward. I wouldn't jump to pick any of them up right now unless you're in a ultra-deep, like, 20-man league. I wouldn't jump to pick any of them up right now, whether it be Brate or Johnson. I would just keep an eye out on them. With the Atlanta Falcons, the only thing to mention is that Julio Jones did miss this game with a hamstring injury. There's nothing else really to say there. With the Saints, pretty much same thing. Michael Thomas missed the game due to an altercation in practice. Uh, he was suspended by the team, and he did not play. It was not due to that injury that's been nagging him for the last few weeks. So he'll be back next week, and there's not much else to say about the Saints. In terms of the Panthers, we have Christian McCaffrey, who missed another week in Week 5. He could be back for Week 6. We're going to have to monitor that situation throughout the week. But if he's out, Mike Davis will be a solid fantasy play once again. He's been absolutely destroying with McCaffrey injured in week five against the Atlanta Falcons. He had 16 carries for 89 yards rushing and nine for 60 and a touchdown receiving. He's a legit top 10 back with Christian McCaffrey out. So as long as McCaffrey remains sidelines, Mike Davis will be a great play. Moving to the final division, we're going to talk about the NFC West. Nothing to report on Seattle this week in terms of waiver wire, in terms of injuries, in terms of the Arizona Cardinals. One thing I wanted to monitor was the running back snap share moving forward because I do not think Drake has looked nearly as good. Kenyon Drake, 67.6% of the snap share compared to Chase Edmonds, who had 39.7% of the snap share. Drake had 18 carries for 60 yards and a touchdown rushing, one for two receiving. And then Edmonds had three for 36 and a touchdown rushing, and then five for 56 receiving on six targets. I'm going to keep saying this until it actually happens every single week in this video. Chase Edmonds is available in most leagues. Grab him right now before he becomes a starting running back later. I watched a lot of this Cardinals-Jets game because I am in New York. I'm a Jets fan, so I was flipping back between the game and red zone. And Chase Edmonds is just a better player than Kenyon Drake. He looks a lot more explosive, a lot more quick, just a lot better of a player. And I think it's only a matter of time before Chase Edmonds has the starting job in Arizona. I have Edmonds stashed on my bench in one of my leagues, and he's one of the players I'm most excited about on my team because I feel like by the end of the year, he could be a key, key piece to helping me in the playoffs. So grab Chase Edmonds if he's available now. It's an absolute must. Moving to the San Francisco 49ers, who got absolutely destroyed this week. Quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo actually ended up getting benched in this game, but that's not that significant in terms of fantasy. Running back Raheem Mostert returned from injury. He had 11 carries for 90 yards on the ground, 3 for 29 receiving on 3 targets, and then running back Jarek McKinnon kind of went back to his normal role on the team when the season started. Only one carry and then two catches for five yards receiving on four targets. 
I'm not huge on holding on to McKinnon. If you, I guess if you have him, you could kind of just stash him on the bench in case Mostert were to get hurt again. Tevin Coleman is still out. So I guess if you have Mostert, you could keep McKinnon. But I don't think McKinnon is going to play much of a role at all going forward. Another guy I want to highlight on San Francisco is the wide receiver Brandon Ayuk, the rookie. He once again had a big role in the San Francisco offense, despite the fact that they didn't really do anything this week. I think Ayuk is a really, really solid pickup moving forward as well at wide receiver if he is still available in your league. Now moving on to our last team, we have the LA Rams. The only thing worth looking at is the running back snap share, which has been out of whack this year. You have no idea who's going to get the carries, and Cam Akers did return from his rib injury this week, but the running back snap share was Henderson, 43.9%, Brown, 37.9%, and Akers, 18.2%. Henderson had 15 carries for 38 yards and a touchdown rushing. 3 for 30 and 1 receiving on 4 targets. Malcolm Brown had 8 carries for 30 yards rushing, 1 for minus 6 receiving on 2 targets. And then Cam Akers had 9 carries for 61 yards rushing. I guess Henderson is still going to be the guy moving forward, but you never know when Akers or Brown will just randomly take it on a week. So the Rams running back situation remains a sticky one, but it literally could change any week with Sean McVay and the Rams. So who knows? with that situation. Thank you everyone for watching this video. If you haven't already, be sure to like this video. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. It really, really helps me out. I have my college football betting picks coming on Friday through an article and also on a video on this channel. In addition, on Sal Vetri's channel, I have my weekly NFL player props show coming on Friday, so be sure to tune into that and subscribe to his channel if you aren't already. If you would like to submit a trade to my fantasy football trade analyzer on my website, go to www.sportsbird.com and you can submit that there and I will get back to you as soon as possible. Looking forward to the Tuesday night game tonight. Have fun everyone watching that and good luck with your waiver wire pickups.